section six of stories from the operas by gladys davidson this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen benedict the lily of killarney one summer evening a gay company of merrymakers were gathered together in the brilliantly lighted hall at tor cregan an ancient irish mansion beautifully situated in the romantic district of killarney for hardress cregan the handsome young owner of the estates was entertaining his friends with all the generous prodigality and light-hearted carelessness of his race the old hall rang with laughter and the sound of boisterous songs and the merry guests now rejoiced with their host for his bachelor state and freedom from care and anon rated him for not taking on himself the sweet bonds of matrimony all were bent on enjoyment and ready for any mad frolic and when a moonlight steeplechase was suggested in order to try the disputed merits of two of the guests steeds it was hailed with zest and the whole party trooped out into the open air to watch the sport but mrs creakin the widowed mother of hardress remained behind in the deserted hall and upon a servant a few moments later announcing a newcomer mr corrigan her gaiety quickly vanished and a careworn hunted look came into her eyes for corrigan was an agent or middleman a low-bred officious fellow who held a mortgage on the cregan estates and being ambitious and eager to make a position for himself and carry he did not hesitate to dictate insolent terms to the aristocratic family he thus had in his power knowing that the cregans were considerably embarrassed for money and feeling that his chance for early payment was small he had requested mrs cregan to persuade her son to seek marriage with miss anne shute the richest heiress in Kerry, with whose wealth the matter of the mortgage could be comfortably settled and it was his practice to intrude occasionally to learn how hardress's suit was progressing to-night however he had a new suggestion to make for being impressed by the still youthful looks and charms of mrs cregan he had the assurance to remark that should hardress not succeed in securing the heiress he would himself be willing to accept the hand of the handsome widow in lieu of payment to this suggestion mrs cregan who loathed and despised the man gave a proud refusal but her indignant demeanour was quickly changed to dismay when corrigan angered by her scorn declared that if she intended hardress to settle the debt by marrying the heiress she must keep a strict watch upon him since he was indulging in a secret amour with an unknown peasant girl whom he kept hidden in a cottage on the opposite shore of the neighbouring lake mrs cregan incredulously repudiated his statement but her angry speech was interrupted by the sound of a song sung by a lake boatman whom corrigan triumphantly declared to be danny man the devoted though humble follower of hardress for whom he was evidently now waiting in order to convey him to his mysterious sweetheart on the opposite shore to convince mrs cregan of the truth of his statement corrigan drew her behind a curtain from whence unseen she could watch the result of the boatman's signal 
a few moments later hardress having made his escape from his friends on hearing the boatman's song entered the room and spoke with danny mann through the open window and then taking up a lighted candle he exposed it and shaded it three times finally extinguishing it altogether upon which a similar light in a cottage window on the opposite shore of the lake likewise flashed and vanished after this unmistakable signal had been made hardress hurried down to the water and was rowed across the lake in danny mann's boat and mrs cregan now only too well convinced of her son's intrigue was filled with dismay but corrigan left the house in triumph knowing that the startled widow would now hurry forward her son's suit with the heiress since her pride of birth would not suffer her to contemplate the young man's present love affair with serenity and he chuckled as he thought how remorselessly he would insist upon the second mode of paying the debt should the first one fail meanwhile in the cottage on the other side of the lake eily o'connor the lily of killarney a lovely young irish girl whose silky raven locks had won for her the name of the colleen vaughan eagerly awaited the arrival of hardress cregan who was indeed not only her lover but her lawful husband also for hardress had fallen so passionately in love with this beautiful peasant maiden that fearful lest he might lose her through the opposition of his own people he had persuaded her to enter into a secret marriage with him he had however bound her by a solemn promise not to reveal their true relation to each other knowing that the thought of his probable union with miss anne shute was the only safe means he had of keeping corrigan from pressing for immediate settlement of his debt and eily who loved her aristocratic admirer with the whole-hearted devotion of a true and trusting nature readily consented and at his bidding kept herself hidden in the little cottage on the shore of the lake here she was watched over and guarded by a good priest known as father tom and here also she was frequently visited by a peasant lover a smuggler outlaw named miles nacopoline who though knowing her to be the wife of hardress cregan still showed his devotion to her by keeping close at hand in order to serve her should the occasion arise to-night as he was conveying a keg of smuggled whisky to his friend father tom to whom as a good catholic he always gave a tenth of his possessions miles had met with the agent corrigan who knowing him to be in the confidence of hardress cregan had endeavored to draw information from him as to the identity of the mysterious hidden maiden in the lake-shore cottage but his fair words and promised bribes made little headway with the staunch miles whose lively irish wit made him more than a match for the prying agent when corrigan had departed miles made his way to the colleen bonds cottage where he found the inmates somewhat upset for father tom jealous of the good name of the pretty maiden over whom he exercised guardianship had been pressing eily to persuade hardress cregan to acknowledge their marriage declaring it to be unjust to her that he should continue to visit her by stealth nor was the good father satisfied when eily declared that hardress doubtless felt ashamed to introduce a peasant wife to his fine relations 
and that he might even leave her altogether should he be pressed to do so but when he again sternly insisted upon her securing her rights she agreed to do so on the entrance of miles however gaiety once more reigned in the cottage for the merry outlaw insisted on brewing a big bowl of punch to the accompaniment of a lively irish song as the song came to an end hardress cregan appeared and eily soon noticed that he was anxious and upset since her strong irish brogue irritated him more than usual so that he scolded her for mispronouncing her words presently she learned from him of the difficulty he was in with regard to the mortgage on his estate and he eagerly desired her to give up her marriage certificate that he might be free to make the union his mother desired declaring that otherwise he would visit her no more eily's love for hardress was so great that she was even willing to make the monstrous sacrifice he required in order to save him from ruin but miles nacopaline indignantly interposed to prevent such a selfish design from being carried out whilst father tom sternly compelled hardress to give into his own keeping the certificate which the trusting eily had yielded up young cregan angry at being thus foiled and equally ashamed of the base part he had felt compelled to play for the sake of his mother's welfare left the cottage in a passion declaring that he would never visit it again and bidding the colleen bon farewell for ever and poor eily overcome by this distressing scene fell senseless to the floor heedless of the words of comfort uttered by her two faithful friends hardress though soon filled with deep remorse for his recent heartless conduct now began to pay his addresses to anne shute with such earnestness and success that their engagement and early marriage was presently announced but the young man's thoughts constantly reverted to the deserted eily whom he still loved dearly and whose gentle image he could not drive from his mind soon his troubled thoughts and embarrassing situation became known to danny mann and the wily boatman whose devotion and love for young cregan was intense suggested a desperate means for securing his freedom he hinted that he would himself willingly resort to violence in order to remove the colleen bon from his master's path and even when hardress refused with horror and indignation to consider such a scheme he still declared that he was ready to do the deed at any time if cregan would send him his glove as a token that he desired eily o'connor to vanish shortly after this mrs cregan received another visit from corrigan the agent who still doubting whether hardress would ever marry the heiress began to press his hateful alternative upon her but his undesired attempts at love-making were summarily stopped by the entrance of young cregan who grasping the situation at a glance forcibly ejected the agent pouring fiery words of indignation upon him to which corrigan replied with sulky threats of an early triumph it happened that danny mann the boatman who was waiting without overheard the whole of this conversation and after cautiously watching corrigan and hardress to a safe distance he came forward to speak with mrs cregan declaring that the only way to make a break between her son and his sweetheart the colleen bon 
was to pack the girl off to america slyly undertaking to arrange the matter himself with eily who he knew would consent if he could show to her hardress's glove as a token that it was his desire that she should go mrs cregan unaware that the pair were married and equally unsuspicious that danny had any darker scheme in his mind went at once in search of the required symbol feeling that if only eily could be got away from the district hardress would think no more about her and thus his marriage with anne shute could be hurried forward and soon she returned with one of hardress's gloves which was joyfully seized by the boatman who eagerly set about carrying out his base design by which he intended to force the colleen bond by threats of murder to give up her marriage certificate knowing that if once this could be destroyed she had no legal claim on hardress cregan since the priest who had wedded them and all other witnesses of the marriage were dead with stealthy haste danny man got out his boat and making his way to the cottage of the colleen bon he informed her that hardress had sent him to fetch her away at once the unsuspicious eily was filled with joy on hearing this for she had seen and heard nothing of hardress since the night he had left her in anger and she eagerly stepped into danny man's boat believing that her beloved one had forgiven her and was about to acknowledge her as his wife the fact that danny appeared to have been drinking somewhat heavily did not cause her any alarm for her safety for it never entered into her trusting heart that the old boatman who had always loved her could ever do her harm much less that he had deliberately bolstered his courage with drink for this very purpose too soon however her fears were awakened for danny man instead of taking her to the opposite shore as she had expected hastily rowed her to a dark and lonely water-cave where he roughly bade her step out on a rock then he commanded her to either deliver up to him the marriage certificate which he knew she now always carried in her bosom or to be thrown by him into the lake to drown and poor eily at last full of fear implored him to have pity upon her since she had sworn to the priest father tom that she would never part with her marriage lines but danny man was too devoted to hardress cregan to be kept from his resolve by even the tearful entreaties of the fair lily of killarney and still believing that he was acting in the real interests of his beloved young master he fiercely demanded the marriage certificate and upon eily again firmly refusing to part with it he pushed her remorselessly into the water at this moment a shot was fired and danny man mortally wounded by his unseen assailant fell also into the water the person who had fired this shot was none other than miles nicopoline the calling bonds peasant lover who used this solitary water cave as a hiding-place for the cakes of whiskey and other contraband goods which he smuggled from time to time and swinging himself by means of a long rope into his secret domain at the moment of eily's fall into the water and seeing a moving form on the rock he mistook it in the darkness for an otter took aim and fired he was just chuckling over the excellent shot he had made when he noticed something white floating in the water and soon to his horror recognizing this as the form of his beloved eily he instantly dived in to her rescue 
after some little difficulty he reappeared with the now unconscious girl in his arms and placing her tenderly in his boat he hastily rowed her away from the cave and conveyed her to his own cabin here with great tenderness he restored her to consciousness once more but on learning from her that it was danny man who had thrust her into the water and whom he had himself shot in the cave in mistake for an otter he suspected foul play and determined to keep the girl hidden for the present believing the old boatman to be dead but danny man although mortally wounded did not die immediately and after a long and painful effort he managed to crawl from the cave and reach a place of safety where aid was forthcoming he begged his rescuers to send for father tom that he might confess to him before he died and on the arrival of the priest he told him of the whole plot and that he had drowned eily o'connor in the hope of being of service to hardress cregan the unaccountable disappearance of the colleen bond confirmed his story which quickly spread and this information coming to the ears of corrigan the agent he at once went before the magistrates and accused hardress cregan of complicity in the crime an order was accordingly made out for the arrest of hardress and corrigan set off with the officers of justice and soldiers for this purpose maliciously triumphing in the revenge he could now take upon the cregans for their contempt of him he led his men to the mansion of anschute where a gay company of guests had already assembled for the wedding festivities which were even now being held but even as the soldiers surrounded the house hardress cregan unable to keep up the deception any longer drew the heiress away from her guests and confessed all to her telling her of his secret marriage with the colleen bon for whom he now deeply mourned believing her to be dead and shute possessed a gentle and kindly nature and instead of spurning him as he had expected she had only sympathy for his sorrow and willingly expressed her forgiveness for his conduct to herself it was at this moment that corrigan entered with the officers of justice to arrest the now despairing young man for his supposed complicity in the murder of eily o'connor and a scene of the wildest consternation followed and shute and all her guests declared stoutly that hardress could not be guilty of such a horrible crime but corrigan triumphantly produced the glove which danny mann had obtained declaring this to be the token agreed upon between the old boatman and his master that the unfortunate girl should disappear hardress indignantly denied that he had ever sent such a token declaring that though danny mann had indeed made the dark suggestion to him he had instantly repelled it with horror and mrs cregan who had been half dazed by the shock of her son's danger now rushed forward and related how the old boatman had enticed her to give him the glove thus proving beyond doubt that hardress was entirely innocent in the matter then to the utter surprise and relief of all there came a sudden and welcome interruption to this distressing scene for eily o'connor herself entered the room accompanied by miles nicopoline who hearing of the dangerous position of hardress cregan had judged this to be the right moment in which to produce the girl whose life he had saved with deep joy and thankfulness hardress clasped his beloved eily in his arms 
and introduced her to the astonished company as his lawful wife and seeing the turn affairs had taken corrigan the agent slunk quietly out of the room nor had he again the power to annoy or persecute the cregans for with splendid generosity and should insisted upon settling the matter of the mortgage as her wedding gift to hardress and his lovely colleen bonn end of section six